So let me ask you to think about distractions with me this morning. How many of you would agree with me that there are uh, distractions in our lives each and every day? Uh, some of us are very good at creating distractions for ourselves. Uh, for example, uh, you're driving down the road and you get a text message and you think that it is so urgent that you need to respond to that text message while you are driving, right? Just a minor distraction. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's just not coming, so I'm not going to say it. So we have distractions, right? We, we all have distractions. I, I, I want you to think about uh, a distraction in your life, not this one right here. But, but what, is the, what is the primary distraction that you experience in your life each and every day or really periodically, regularly? What is it? Can you name it? Uh, I, I believe that what happens in our lives when we uh, get so focused around our uh, our, our distractions that it keeps us from being the complete person that God is wanting us to become. And, and so I, I want you to be thinking about your current reality of distractions and how, how you experience them, how they are lived out in your life, and also how you, are, how you can become the person of God with, with these distractions. And what is it that you need to do in order to be able to, to move beyond distractions to the fullness of God's vision for your life. And that's what I want you to be thinking about. Let me give you a personal example. Um, uh, January 7, uh, 2020, Karen and I are going to be celebrating our 42nd wedding anniversary, which, which is really a miracle. Um, <laughs> let, me explain the, let, me exp let me explain the miracle. Uh, the miracle is that Karen has put up with me for 42 years. Uh, that's the miracle. Um, and and that's, that's just downright, that's just honest. Because my distraction, here, here's my distraction. My distraction is uh, that uh, for many of my early years of ministry, I, I was a ladder climber. And simply what I mean by that is I was a professional ladder climber. I wanted to excel in ministry. I wanted to move up the ranks as high and as fast as I could. I became a superintendent at the tender age of 45, and, which is not typical. And so I just kind of just thought, man, my life is going this way. And, and, and the reality is that, that's, that's my distraction. My distraction was professional career advancement. And at the same time, I look at Karen, and for whatever reason, the spirit of God moving in her, I know, is that she decided to stay with me, even though I was not present. Distraction. What is your distraction? What is it that... Uh, moves you away from centering your life on the perfect will of God for your life. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. So um, uh, I, I believe everyone in the room would, would, would agree with me on this point, um, and, and those watching at home, that, uh, uh, that Jesus is the greatest person that ever lived. Would you agree with me? Okay. I think most of us in the room would. Uh, would you also agree with me that Jesus Christ is also... Uh, the greatest teacher that has ever lived in the face of the earth. Yes. So if, if, if uh, one day Jesus was asked the question, uh, what is the greatest commandment? 
What is the greatest commandment? Now, here's my point. If Jesus Christ is the greatest person that's ever lived, and Jesus Christ is the greatest teacher that ever lived, uh, doesn't it make sense that whatever Jesus, however Jesus answered the question that was asked of him, Jesus, what is the greatest question, or what is the greatest commandment, that however Jesus answered that would be a good answer for us to follow. Would you agree with that? Okay, so uh, let's, let's focus on that. So I want to invite you now to take out your teaching notes. Uh, for our, all of our guests, those are inside your program. Uh, I really invite you to take that out this morning because I want you to uh, fill out this notes because if you want to move from being a, living a life of distractions to living a life uh, that will be fully in the presence of God to become all that God wants you to become, then I need you to fill this out and to follow along. So he, here is the scripture, Matthew 22 verses 34 through 40. And I invite you to listen as the word of God is spoken. Hearing that God had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with his question. Teacher, where is the greater commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. So let's go back and look at verse 34 real quickly here. In in verse 34, what we find here is that when the Pharisees, can you put up? Thank you. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and then one of them, a lawyer, came to him, testing him. Now, I, I need you to understand uh, about uh, Pharisees and Sadducees. Uh, so, and I need you to understand uh, this, this phrase. What, what, what happened was that as Jesus' popularity was going up, the Pharisees and Sadducees uh, were getting shot down by the teachings of Jesus. And so the Pharisees and Sadducees Probably the best way I can describe them in modern terms is that uh, you have Republicans and Democrats. Okay? I know I'm, I know I'm treading on thin ice here, but, but that's kind of the best way to describe Pharisees and Sadducees. And I'm not going to tell you which is which, but, but you have Pharisees and Sadducees, Republicans and Democrats, and the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees, the Scripture says, and the Pharisees heard that, this, that G- he, Jesus, had silenced the Sadducees. It then says they. Now, some people believe that it was only the Pharisees, but I believe that what we're talking about is that the Pharisees and Sadducees got together and decided that they needed to do something together to get rid of Jesus. Now, can you imagine anything today of getting uh, Republicans and Democrats to agree on anything? But they, but they got so desperate. The, the Sadducees and Pharisees were so desperate that they wanted to get rid of, of Jesus because of his popularity. And, and so and they worked and they worked and they worked. Finally, they said, you know what? There's a, there's a Pharisee that is a lawyer uh, that can ask a deep question, and we'll see if Jesus can answer the question. And so that's what happened here. And, and then in verse number 36, it goes on to say, a, a teacher, the Pharisee, the, the lawyer says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, what, what you need to understand, for those of you who may not be familiar with what that word law means, uh, that we, we describe this in the, in the Hebrew text as the first four books of our Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Le- uh, 
Leviticus, Numbers, and, and Deuteronomy. Thank you. Uh, and, and so we have these five books. And, and in these five books, there are how many, how many laws? 613 laws. How are you doing with those? So we have 613 laws, and the 613, uh, 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 365 of those are laws saying what you should not do. And 285 of them are talking about laws of what you should do. And then this lawyer says, okay, Jesus, uh, you're so smart. Uh, of the 613 laws, what are the two most important laws? Uh, you think it's a pretty good trap? That's what they were trying to do. Th then look at verse number 37. Because in verse number 37, uh, we, we have this wonderful text. It says, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The word love is used there twice. Two verbs. You shall love the Lord your God. You shall love your neighbor. Folks, here's what's missing in our society today. Here is what's missing inside not only culture outside of the church, but culture inside the church. And what's missing more than anything else is that we have failed to learn how to love God and how to love others. Amen. And that's what we need to be focusing on as we think about not only our present, but also our future. So now here, I want you to write this down. I, I, I want to focus now on how is it that we can learn to love God? What is love in three directions? How do we share God's love in three directions? Write this down. The first one is this. If you can go forward for me. Thank you. We need to live upward by loving God. We need to live upward by loving God. The text simply says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, how do we understand this? Look at this text from 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. It simply says, we love him because he first loved us. That's so vitally important. We love him because he first loved us. Now, I, I want you to uh, circle some words in your teaching notes. I want you in that, in that scripture uh, uh, from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, which is where, uh, where Jesus started his answer. Uh, I, I want you to circle these four words. Uh, they are uh, the word that we should love the Lord our God by with our heart, with our soul, with our strength, and with our mind. Four things. That's how we're supposed to love God. Now, let, let me be very clear with you. When we talk about the heart in the Scripture, we're not talking about the, the biological um, uh, heart that we think about beating blood uh, that circulates through our body that keeps us alive. That's not really what the Scripture is talking about. What we're talking about here is the, is the control center for our entire being. Our entire being. That's our heart. And we need to dedicate our entire heart to this relationship with God. And then it says we're supposed to relate to God with our soul. What is that? That's all of our human emotions. And then we go with our strength. That's our physical body. That we're supposed to give, our, give God all of our strength, all of our might. And then mind. That's our, that's, that's our thinking process. Now, what that really means for us is that we are supposed to give to God our totality. So let me ask you a question. When you are focused or when your distractions come into your life, 
uh, is there a, a real, real sense that you are worshiping God totally? No. And so what happens in our lives is that the, these disruptions, these disruptions come into our lives, and we are constantly battling with these disruptions, these distractions, in such a profound way uh, that we lose sight of how do we worship God with our body, mind, soul, and spirit. So how are you doing? So here's what I want to ask you to do. When you are confronted with a distraction, when you are confronted with a distraction, what I want you to do, unless you're driving, what I want you to do is I want you to look upward. I simply, physically, I want you to, to look upward and say, God, I'm here. Please remove these distractions from my life. God, I'm here. So will you, will you do that? Just simply say, I need to live in such a way that I'm looking upwards and giving God my praise. The second one is this. Uh, we, we need to live inward by loving ourselves. Uh, the, the scripture says, the first commandment is love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And then it says, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor. Well, you can't love your neighbor until what? Until you love yourself. It's absolutely impossible. So let me, let me get you to think about this, uh, 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 give you a line. If you want to, you can just draw a line across your page and, and draw a line. This is, this is a horizontal axis that I want you to be thinking about. Uh, and then on one end of the axis, uh, just write a letter A. And then on the other end of the axis, uh, write um, um, uh, self-hate on the other end. And, and then we have all... All, all, all of the emotions and all of, the, uh, all, of our, uh, all of our character is everything between uh, arrogance and, and self-hatred, self-loathing. Everything is there. Now, here, here, here's the key. The key is that what God wants to do is that somewhere here in the middle, you can draw a circle. And in that circle, uh, you can uh, just simply write, that this is where you are perfectly created in the image of God. Let, let, me, let me see. Can I have the iPad? Let me see if I can draw, draw this for you, the first two points here, very quickly on this iPad. You might want to turn your page over on the back side. I've already driven a uh, uh, design across for you. So, so here, here we are. Here, so here we have, uh, up here we have God with a, just a letter G, and we have God coming down. Uh, to earth. God's saying, I'm coming into your presence. I'm coming in to dwell with you. I'm coming in uh, that you might experience me. Now, now, the reality is we have Adam and Eve who right from the very beginning messed up, right? Now, I'm, I'm not going to get into the details of that story because when men begin to share the details of the story, we always get in trouble. And so we just know that um, Adam and Eve messed up. Now, what, what could God have done? God could have said, well, the, well, y'all say this, well, the hell with you, right? God could have literally said that, the hell with you, and God could have said, I'm going to do something different. But what did God do? God decided to come and dwell with Adam and Eve, imperfect. And so what we do is, what we do is when we receive God's love, then we go back over here, we respond to God's love right here, and then we send our praise back up to God. Right? 
So we receive God's love, we, re- we, we respond to God's love, we receive it, we, re- we respond to it, and we send our adoration and praise back up to God. Now the second part, uh, the horizontal line, I'll just do it this way, is you have arrogance on one end, right? And you have self-hatred on the other. And somewhere right here is where uh, you have your personal experience with God. And God is saying, I love you. I care for you. Nothing you can do will ever separate me from you. And I just want you to be my uh, companion in life with me every breath of your life. That's pretty good news. So here's the image I want you to, to have. When you're there and you're between arrogance and self-hating, self-loathing, and you're right there in the middle and you're in the way God has created you, I want you to imagine now that over the very, um, um, on that very horizontal arm, horizontal line, that axis, that you place, literally place, the crucified Christ on the cross. And you remember these words, Father, Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And then Jesus took his last breath, and he died. Folks, the Christ that I know, the Christ who died for you, is the Christ that says, I want you to to understand that I'm constantly going to be a part of your life, and I am going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. But we first have to receive that blessing. And then we do this. Then the third part is this. Then we talk about we love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this is, this is a challenge for me, and maybe you all can identify with this. The challenge for me is this. I don't like all my neighbors. I don't. Anybody, can any, does anybody, can anyone name somebody right now, just one, that you're not, that you don't like? Right? I, I, got, I got a bundle. So here, here's the key. Who's my neighbor? When Jesus Christ says uh, that we're supposed to love our neighbor, when Jesus Christ answered that, you're supposed to love yourself in the, as, you, as you love your neighbor, okay? Your neighbor is the person who lives next to you, the next mailbox down. Your neighbor is... Um, 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 I'll pick on I'll, I'll pick on Nebraska, um, Ohio State football. <laughs> After the whooping that took place yesterday, uh, Nebraska is supposed to love Ohio State, and Ohio State is supposed to love Nebraska. <laughs> How about this one? We're supposed to love our neighbor who is of a different ethnic origin. I'm going to tell you something that you may not know. You don't know this if, you're buried, if you've buried your head in the sand. But here, can I tell you a reality in southwest Florida? We're pretty racist. We're pretty racist. 
There are people in this room, because I've heard it with my own ears, who will describe an African-American with the N-word. I won't even recite it. There are people in this room who call my son-in-law by a name that I won't say because he's from El Salvador, from the Hispanic background. We're racist. The scripture does not say, uh, love, your, you love your neighbor as yourself. It does not say, love those that you want to be around. But our neighbor is always described as all the people that God created. Let's talk about the next 15 months. Can we for a moment? The next 15 months, it's already started, but the next 15 months is going to be some of the most divisive uh, period of time in the, in the history of our nation. It's already started. And I'll go back to my, my uh, Democrats and my Republicans. And there are families in this church, there are people in this church who will walk out of a relationship because of politics. Because politics will become, uh, will become scripture rather than the scripture of God's word. Who's your neighbor? Who is it that you need to have new eyes, fresh eyes, the eyes of God, that if you have received God's blessing and you have re returned God's blessing and you have sat here and you've experienced the blessing of God uh, from either being uh, arrogant or being self-hated, somewhere in between you find yourself and God has a desire to minister into your life and then God says, I want you to minister to those in our community, those who are our neighbor. So let me ask you right now. I want you to look at your teaching notes. And I want you to circle one that you need to work on. Do you need to work on right now this week praising God, receiving God's love, and returning God's love? Is that where you need to be? Some of you maybe need to be looking at how you love yourself. Others of you may need to be looking at how do I love my neighbor? When we think about how to live in three directions, upward, inward, and outward, God will change us. God will transform us. So you have a choice to make. You can walk out of here and forget everything that took place in the last hour and go back to the same way you lived your life before. Or 
you can claim that God has a plan and a purpose for your life and that there are things that you and I, we need to work on. And that's our choice. Let's pray. God, again, we give you thanks for Reverend James Maxfield. We give you thanks for Ron Pierce and family and those 156 who charted our church. God, you used them in a mighty and powerful way. And here we sit today. So now we pray that we'll take our legacy and that we might find ways of praising you, of receiving your grace, and living as people of grace in our world. Amen.